we just sat down and said, you know, what can we do new? What, what can we bring? Let's add some more games. Let's let's bring in, you know, better food. Let's bring in more food. This year we just exploded. We went big. We have, I think, 17 different food and beverage vendors that are just spread out all throughout the festival to, to really kind of alleviate the line. So I think everybody's going to be really impressed with the food options this year. Let's curate a better shopping experience for, for our market. We just keep adding these new things. And so one of the things that we came up with was we've got six weekends. Let's brand each weekend completely unique and uh, bring something different for everybody to experience. So again, a lot of things, the ride sharing, the constables out front, parking management. There's a lot going in our favor. And of course, that's why I say moving their games. Uh, I think that parking is going to be a much easier situation this year. Welcome to the Sold on Drip podcast, your ultimate destination for all things Dripping Springs. I am your host, Bill Caffaretta, and we are here to celebrate what makes this town the best place to live in the Texas Hill Country. It's amazing people. Join us as we sit down with local residents and business owners to hear their stories, learn why they love this community and are proud to call it home. We will be spotlighting their businesses, find out why they choose to serve the people of Dripping Springs, and dive into the local events that bring our community together. Our finger is always on the pulse, and we will be keeping you informed about how our rapid growth and development is impacting our schools, resources, and the local real estate market. Whether you're a lifelong resident or you have just discovered Dripping Springs, you will soon know why we are all sold on Drip. Thanks for joining and enjoy this episode. Hi, I'm Bill Caffaretta, your host of the Sold on Drip podcast, and I'm really excited this week for our guest, Christopher Durst, who is the co-founder and producer of the Dripping Springs Pumpkin Festival here in town. It's going to be kicking off opening weekend coming up, and we're really excited for the event. And I'd love for Christopher to come in here and just give us some information and tell us about the event. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you doing? Doing good, man. I'm excited. You've been a tough guy to, to nail down this month. It's It's been busy. It's been really busy out there getting ready for the festival. It's it's a big one. I don't think everybody realizes how much goes into it and, and what it's really for. And that, that's why I wanted to highlight this and 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 really kind of shine some light on, on what's going on down there and what you guys are doing for the Pound House and, and here in Dripping Springs. Thanks. We really appreciate that. One of the things you can do just to get this out front so we don't forget is you can you can find the Pumpkin Festival on social media. You can take a look on Instagram, and that is at Dripping Springs Pumpkin Festival. So give them a follow, check them out there, and kind of follow along with what's going on. And and uh, yeah, so Chris, what's 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 special about Dripping Springs for you, man? Let's hear the let's hear the Christopher story of what brought you here and what you love about this place and, and why you chose Dripping Springs. Well, first of all, Dripping is just an amazing city. We love the community. Um, we've been, uh, we had a family ranch, uh, that we kind of grew up in years and years ago, uh, off of Fitzhugh. And so since a child, uh, we've been frequenting there. I just always loved how just small and quaint the town was. Of course, it's really grown. And, um, a couple of years back, we, uh, we've been doing music festivals across, you know, across the U S and really just wanted to strip down and do something really more community oriented and, uh, we had done something out in Leander and we loved it out there, but uh, we wanted to bring something closer to home. And so we were looking for a new property and uh, we kind of stumbled across the pound house and uh, thought it was a beautiful property and reached out to them and explained to them who we were and that we'd like to chat with them. And then uh, we kind of found out the pound house was in a really bad spot. They'd been shuttered for a couple of years and 
were in danger of losing the property and uh, the museum had been closed. And, and so it was just kind of right time and uh, right place. And uh, we said, yeah, we really want to bring this to dripping. And if we can do this here on your property, we can help you guys raise a lot of money and, and help get all the repairs done and the renovation done and get the museum back open. And that's kind of how it, it all started and in, in our love affair with Dripping Springs. So you said uh, some music festivals and who you guys were. Can you elaborate on that? What, what kind of music festivals are you talking about and, and who's putting these on? Sure. So I've been in the music industry for about 30 years. I, I should say I was. I retired uh, two Januaries ago. Um, a very long career. Um, I'm definitely five generation Texan, but moved out to California for many years. Um, produced uh, events in San Diego, Los Angeles, um, San Francisco, uh, quite a few events up north, but also Houston, Dallas, and, and Austin. And I went to school here and, and obviously fell in love with, with Austin many, many years ago and uh, always wanted to come back home to Texas. And so I moved home about 15 years ago and um, launched a record label in town and was managing, which for us, that was kind of starting to uh, wind down a little bit. And even that, just with all the travel and the touring, uh, my girls were getting older. I have three daughters and uh, my wife was a little tired of the traveling <laughs> as well. And so I just figured it was a, a good time to kind of settle down and, um, you know, stay at home a little bit more. But it was a it was a great run. It was a great career. I did a lot of things in music. It was, it was a lot of fun. But music events are just a whole different monster you know it's not as you know there's a community in music but it's not as community oriented as doing something like in dripping springs for the immediate community um so um yeah it was, it was a lot of fun but i'm glad to be doing what we're doing now i'm sure there's some great stories behind that oh yes yeah 30 years of music traveling around the world it was uh it was a good time but uh like anything, it eventually becomes a job and yeah, you know, you get yeah. burned out and ready to move on. After 30 years, I definitely did my time. Well, we're thrilled that you're you're here and, and you're calling, you know, you're back in Texas and calling Dripping Springs home and and doing some great things for the community. And and we're I know I, I kind of alluded to this, but we've been trying to get this scheduled now for a few days, about a week or so. And every time, I mean, you were just busy or you were having to put out a fire or build something out or you're, you're oh, yeah. ready and, and and this work i mean this opening weekend is this weekend but it doesn't just show up i mean you guys how long have you been at this now for for the setup and getting everything ready for the festival well it's it takes about six months to plan it to to truly plan it at the level that we do and um we don't want to be a burden or impose on the pound house, uh, beautiful ground. So we really try to limit our setup. So everything that you saw last year, there's even more going on this year. And we typically set it all up in two weeks. So it's, wow. it's every day, you know, 12 to 14 hours a day. Of course, this time of year is very, very hot. Always. It always is. And then it, it cools down as we get to the festival. Mm -hmm. So our whole crew is working out in hundred degree temperatures, really trying to, uh, build something special and, and memorable for the families, uh, not not just here in Dripping, but Central Texas as well. And we haven't seen rain in months. And during setup, it was just downpour after downpour. Yes, just... we've had it. We've had a lot of rain. <laughs> we needed um, it, but, but we have a great crew, and everybody understands, you know, what this is for, and 
Um, you know, they also have a lot of heart for the pound house and the community. So we just work through the rain. We take it as a blessing. It cools everything off. We've got clouds over us. The sun's not beating down. Uh, yes, things get messy. They get a little muddy. Uh, everything gets drenched, but we're out there just kind of dancing in the rain, so to speak, and having fun with it. And, uh, knowing that, uh, the, the community is going to have a blast in a, in a few days. So that's what keeps us going. So how many, what year is this now for the festival? This is the third year for the Dripping Springs Pumpkin Festival. Okay. And so the first year when you came in, the pound house was not doing well. You guys were able to really help that out. So how long did that take? Was that was that a year one transition where it was back or or it's really taken this three years to get it where it needs um, to be? No. In fact, we've been fundraising for the last um, three years, but two festivals coming into the third and uh, we, we raised quite a bit of money. And with some other donors that they have, we were able to put our resources together, take care of all the renovations. And we're happy to say that the museum is officially open uh, again after I think it's been four or five years since it's been shuttered. It's been been yeah. quite a while. And uh, we're, we're really looking forward to inviting the community back for, for one last and final year at the Pound House uh, and celebrating the, the reopening of the museum and uh, the restoration of the property it's it's absolutely beautiful right now and i know if you're from here you know what the pound house is but not everybody's been here long enough because it hasn't been open or isn't necessarily here or it's just kind of learning about jumping springs and hasn't moved here yet so what is the historical significance of that of that building well a lot of people don't realize it but that property, Founders Park, um, that is the founding property of Dripping Springs. It was the first settlement uh, in 1854. And, uh, you know, the pounds really are the result of Dripping Springs being uh, the city that it is. And um, it's it's just a beautiful, majestic property. The, the live oak trees that are there, when you start learning about the history, you realize that it really was a special, special property uh, it was the first school, the first medical center, uh, first church establishment. Um, a lot of people traveled for miles and miles to to be treated by Dr. Pound. And um, he really created a, you know, a community gathering point where everybody could travel in and spend time with each other and catch up on news and things like that. And uh, he was even revered by the Indians as a medicine man. I mean, it's just the, the, the history there is, it's really incredible. And uh, so worthy of being preserved. Well, we're thrilled that y'all were able to help out with that and, and kind of keep that going this year and the final year. And we're going to talk a bit about the festival, but just so we're just clear, it's not ending this year. It's just going to be moving to a, an undisclosed location. That's right. I mean, a lot of the neighborhoods have kind of grown around the pound house. Uh, we certainly understand that, uh, you know, the parking has, has, has become even more limited and so we realize, as well as the neighbors do, that it, it's time to move the festival into a bigger location uh, where we have more parking and uh, not surrounded by, uh, by you know, neighborhoods. We, we love the neighbors. Um, a lot of them have been incredibly supportive of the, the festival. Uh, others, maybe not from Dripping Springs, don't quite understand what we're doing there in the middle of a the neighborhood. They don't realize that the property that they actually live on was donated by the pound house to the city of Dripping Springs and uh, the city decided to develop that property. So we are, we're also trying to get, you know, that word out and, and educate uh, our very close neighbors. And 
that the property they live on was part of uh, the history of Dripping Springs. And uh, they really should come and, and, and learn more about the Pound House and, and celebrate the history of the Pound House with us. And that's where kind of looking back and, and having the, this, this history lesson is important because, you know, not everybody is from here. Not everybody does know that. And having it open and the ability to go visit and, you know, listen to the historians like yourself that understand this and can can fully, you know, uh, articulate that is really important. And, and especially for a small town like Tripping Springs to fully understand the history behind it. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. It's not just like this old building, right? I mean, the original log cabin from 1854 is still standing. Of course, the family lived on the property from 1854 to 1983. And so it is one of the most preserved uh, historical landmarks uh, in the state of Texas to, to the fact that Dr. Pound and his wife, Sarah, their belongings are still there. I mean, you can go in and you can see his his, his medical equipment and uh, their clothing is still available to, to be looked at. Their original beds in there, like it's amazing how well preserved uh, the property is. All the tools, the, the blacksmith tools. I mean, I could go on and on and on. There's so much history that has been preserved in this property. It's it's really incredible. The time capsule. It's an absolute time capsule. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, the festival itself. So what can we expect at the pumpkin festival, what do you what do you guys have in store? What does that look like, and 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 who who's going to be coming out to? Sure, uh, yeah. We like to change it up every year. Um, you know, I'm never quite satisfied. I'm always trying to, uh, you know, one up what we did the year before, add new attractions, games, and so this year's no different than any other thing I've done in the past uh, with my wife, Gretchen, who's my, my partner in the festival. She's a co-founder and my music industry business partner, Will uh, is also part of it. So there's three of us involved. We just sat down and said, you know, what can we do new? What, what can we bring? Let's add some more games. Let's, let's bring in, you know, better food. Let's bring in more food. Let's, let's make sure that there's food in every section this year. So everybody's not concentrated into one area. Let's, uh, you know, let's curate a better shopping experience for, for our market. You know, what do kids want? What do moms want? What do dads want? You know, adding beer and wine last year, but not really promoting it because it's not an Oktoberfest. It's very family oriented. So, you know, we just keep adding these new things. And so one of the things that we came up with was there's only so many new things you can add. So we said, well, let's break up the weekends. We've got six weekends let's brand each weekend completely unique and uh, bring something different for everybody to experience. So the first weekend uh, this year happens to be our first ever Scarecrow Disco, which is still very pioneer, but it's got a little bit of a, you know, modern edge to it. We have a lot of, you know, influencers and media that are coming out. Everybody likes to take photos, uh, spread the word about the festival. Our second weekend is our Butterfly Jubilee uh, we do butterfly releases, live releases at one and four o'clock every Saturday and Sunday or on those Saturdays and Sundays, I should say, and uh, butterfly merchandise and educational experience. And then, you know, our third weekend is our celebration of indigenous tradition. Uh, Saturday, we have an Aztec group coming out and uh, performing, you know, ancient rituals from um, you know, ancient days. And then on Sunday, we have uh, American Indians coming out, the Comanches, who we absolutely love and adore. It's such a, an authentic experience. Uh, fry bread will be there. Our fourth weekend is our uh, Pioneer Palooza. 
Um, we've got uh, Striker the Pony coming out who does all these uh, little tricks on command and uh, those beautiful white stallions coming out. Um, it's the Trick Riders, the Texas Trick Riders, and they do a lot of movie production. So there's going to be kind of some reenactments and, and different things going on. They're, they're a lot of fun. Weekend five, and I can't get into all the details. There's so much, right? Weekend five <laughs> is our bubble extravaganza. There's going to be all kinds of interactive, uh, you know, bubble um, uh, areas for kids to, to, to try to create these big, huge bubbles and some bubble shows. And then weekend six, which is a little bit of a somber experience for us. It's, it's our last and final weekend at the pound house. Um, that is going to be a really cool weekend. We've, we've teamed up with a uh, go couture who just did their event at, um, um, ranch park, a uh, huge success. So we're going to have a baby goat fashion show, uh, <laughs> the last weekend. That'll be fun. Um, just with all kinds of fun things. We have a lot of special things coming up that weekend that we're not going to release because it's pretty much like if you come and celebrate that last weekend with us, then you get to experience. And if you don't, it was really a special occasion and moment for everybody who actually attended. So again, I mean, there's, there's just so much going on. Uh, we just continue to keep adding things even as we're getting into the festival. Well, it shows that you've put six months into this because that's, it's pretty detailed and you're just giving us that high 10,000 foot level right there. Yes. Yeah. There's so much more. So now let's look at those dates. So opening weekend is, is the 23rd. Um, what days are you there? What is it? Is this every day? Is this just weekends times? What, what, what's the breakdown on that? So we used to be every day except for Tuesdays and, and, um, and talking with some of the neighbors, uh, this year going into the festival, uh, working with closely with the city to, to ensure that, uh, we were able to do one last final celebration. We realized that it might be a bit much for the neighborhood now. So we, we decided to kind of work with everybody and, uh, you know, work with everybody and just try to make it fun for everybody. Have one great last blowout. And so we're only going to be weekends. So it'll be six weekends starting September 23rd, this Saturday, and we'll go uh, every Saturday and Sunday until October 29th. So what are those we, hours? Uh, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. every Saturday okay. and Sunday for six weeks. So those are going to be some packed weekends, man. I'm excited. You got a lot going on. That's that Scarecrow Disco. I know we'll be out there this weekend. So I'm kind of excited to, to see what that's all about. That's going to be fun. So my wife really heads all the production for us. Um, and that's kind of one of the things I think that the festival people recognize that there's a lot of heart with the festival. You know, there's not just plastic blow ups and things like that. Mm -hmm. We we create everything. We make everything. Uh, we literally spend, you know, days, weeks, months, like creating uh, all of the production to come out and, and share with the community. So uh, it's a it's a very curated, very boutique uh, community festival. What um you said you got a lot more food options this year. Any, any local restaurants or anybody you're highlighting there? You know, it's interesting because we really try to involve uh, the community to get some of the local restaurants to come out. But I think the time commitment's a little much for people mm -hmm. because we, we, we appreciate consistency. We, we want continuity at the festival. Right. So we do require that uh, all of our food vendors commit to the entire festival. They're there every day of the festival. So everyone knows what to expect and so that we can really ensure quality. But uh, this year we've got two different variations of, of tacos. We've got fresh paninis um, gelato, we've got funnel cakes, 
Uh, we actually have a dedicated food truck in Kids Village that is, it's just a kid's, it's literally a kid's food truck. Uh, but healthy options as well. There's fruit bowls and all kinds of fun things. Um, let's see, <laughs> we've got Wetzel Pretzel coming back, uh, Downtown Burgers. Uh, the food to us is actually really important. We're we're foodies, and so we're we're pretty particular. And the first year, we, I mean, admittedly, is the first first year of the festival was a little thin. People didn't really know who we were. They were a little nervous to commit to it. Second year, we got some better options, but everything was kind of consolidated into one area. And so this year, we just exploded. We went big. We have, I think, seventeen different food and beverage vendors that are just spread out all throughout the festival to, to really kind of alleviate the line. So I think everybody's going to be really impressed with the food options this year. That's fantastic. And it's being condensed just the two days a week too, is going to make it more of a, a buzz in my opinion, without it, you know, I can just go tomorrow. It's like, Oh, we've got 12 days. Sure. So sure. yeah, be there for one of those. So. We, we definitely limit the tickets. We don't really put that out to the community because we don't want like a rush. We we want everybody to still kind of be able to come in and buy their tickets. But, you know, this year, I think it's important that everybody really, you know, identify the weekend that they want to come or two or three weekends um, and really get their tickets in advance to ensure that they actually uh, gain admission. Uh, believe it or not, 35 percent. Uh, of our attendance uh, repeat from the community. It's pretty incredible to to see everybody continue to come back week after week and, and really experience multiple weekends with us. We really appreciate that. Well, with six weekends that are so unique, I mean, you know, Scarecrow Disco, Butterflies, the, the Baby Goats, I mean, everything is different and there's something else for everybody. So this isn't just, oh, it's the same thing every weekend for six weeks. Right. It's a totally different experience. Sure, it totally is. We, we love to change it up. We love throwing surprises in there too that are not actually promoted. Well, um, with this, I mean, what, what, where can we find those tickets? If, if somebody wants to go ahead and, and, and pre-order those tickets now to get their weekend, where where can they go find those and purchase them? Well, if you haven't seen an ad pop in front of you just yet, you can go to drippingspringspumpkinfestival.com and the pre-sale link is right at the top so you don't have to scroll through. But we really encourage everybody to read through the information. It's very informative. It's a very easy read. Uh, we definitely suggest you read what's permitted and not permitted at the festival we get a kick out of that, uh, creating that every year. And um, yeah, get your pre-sales and, and really kind of study the weekends and uh, learn what the festival is really about. It's not it's not just an opportunity to come out and have a great time. Um, it's actually a great opportunity to come out, uh, really support uh, an incredible property, a Texas State historical landmark and uh, create traditions uh, for the family. You know, there's just photo ops all throughout the property. And this year, even more than last year, they're, they're literally just, I don't even know how many photo ops. We just keep putting them up. Any tips and tricks for the, for the festival goer they should know about coming in? Well, yes. I mean, get there early, right? People always talk about parking. You know, if, if you get there early, there's, there's great parking. Um, Last year, we will say, and that's kind of one of the things we dealt with with the city, is that all of our programming was at one o'clock. And so there was just kind of this mad rush of everybody mm -hmm. coming in. And uh, I think the neighbors were just like, wow, what's going on? It was like a little Woodstock, right? And so we we really worked closely with the city and, and uh, you know, listened to the neighbors and what they had to say. And so this year, we broke it up. We actually have programming, the same exact programming at one o'clock and four o'clock 
every Saturday and Sunday throughout the festival. So we're hoping that we can split the crowd a little bit. Some people will come early, some people will come late, and we don't have everybody trying to, to really come at, at one time. So I think that's going to really help with parking. Uh, we have uh, the huge neighborhood across the street that all the street work has been laid, but they haven't started building. So they should be permitting those streets uh, here any day now. And there's basically going to be an additional, I mean, I don't know, 500 to 1,000 parking spots there because there are no houses there right now. And that's another reason why the city kind of felt comfortable letting us do it there one more year is because not everyone's going to be flooding into the back neighborhoods where the homes currently are uh, being occupied. But there are a lot of streets that have just been completed where there's a lot of parking, yet there's no homes yet. So um, we don't foresee parking being as much of an issue as it was last year. But that being said, we really are encouraging anybody who's coming from out of Dripping Springs to just ride share. You know, grab a ride, come out, enjoy yourself, have a good time and grab a ride back to Austin. Uh, I think you'll have an even better time that way you don't have to deal with parking at all. You can be dropped off right at the front door. True. Um, so with that, does that mean that that Lone Peak cut through is going to be open to 12 or? It's done, and and, and TechStot has already done their their part as well. I think they're just the developers are just waiting for the city to sign off on the streets now, and then that's all going to be open. Between Um, that, cutting through and opening up some traffic for the neighborhood, and then the other one that goes through Heritage on Roger Hanks that cuts all the way through from the high school back. I mean, those two streets alone in Central Dripping Springs have been a game changer. Sure. I mean, it's going to be just getting both of those open. One of the other things we're doing, this is important to note, is that there was a lot of of people walking across the streets both ways and cars trying to get through. Mm -hmm. You know, we just didn't think the festival was going to to blow up the way that it did last year. We were super grateful. Um, But in this year, we decided to put a constable right at that corner. So everything's going to be a little bit more controlled. Cars are not going to get backed up. They're going to hold the crowds, let the cars go through and then stop, let everybody cross. So everything will be much more manageable. I don't think we're going to quite have the congestion that we did have that intersection. We also have two people in the parking lot helping people wave them into parking spots, turning them out when there aren't any, and also a constable down there sitting at uh, Lone Peak Way. We have barricades coming in that are going to be in the intersections as well, so people can't really park on the curves of the intersections, which is going to also help traffic flow really smoothly through those areas. What about... um? events at, at founders park is there i know that was part of the problem last year is that there was flag football and other stuff going on so that was they're bringing their own parking are, sure. are they stuff going on there or have you guys well kind of we're we're park? very grateful to dsysa we we work closely with them we had several conversations you know they love the park as well it's a great place for the community to come out and have their games we we basically just sat down with them and said, please, you know, just just let us have one more year. Is there any way that y'all can move your games this year and allow us to have the parking? It was really kind of the only way that the city was going to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michelle and DSWSA, you know, obviously had conversations. Um, I think they were a little reluctant at first, not because they didn't want to support us, but they love Founders Park as well. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're we're very grateful to them. They made the decision to move their games so that we could have the exclusive uh, parking lot for for all 12 days of the festival. And I think that alone on Saturdays is really going to alleviate a lot of parking issues. Sundays were always kind of light, but Saturdays were like a really kind of uh, hectic day for parking. And I think that's not going to be the case this year. So so thank you, DSYSA. We certainly uh, encourage everybody to support them as well. 
that, I mean, with you guys being there, of course, but even on a regular Saturday when the festival's not there, that area is pretty congested with with flag football and other stuff going on too. So sure. we've seen it in yeah. tournaments. I mean, it does get it's a busy area. Everyone wants to be yeah. there. And well, we basically bought out Founders Park for these twelve days. So there not even gonna, there's not even going to be any private events there. Um, we literally are paying for the parking lot to make sure that we have the exclusivity mm-hmm. on it. Um, they haven't quite broken ground on the uh, skate park yet, so we're not having to worry about that. So again, a lot of things: the ride sharing, the constables out front parking management, you know, the neighborhood across the streets that are new ready. Like there's a lot going in our favor. And of course, TSYSA moving their games. Uh, I think that parking is going to be a much easier situation this year. Yeah, it's pretty great that they did that. I think that'll help everything. Um, it's going to be a fantastic event. We're super excited to come out this weekend and check it out. And um, just wish you guys all the best on it and and just, you know, keep pouring into the pound house and, and have this last little hurrah here at Founders Park before you go. Well, we, we really appreciate it. And, and like you said, this is not our last year. It's just the last and final year at the uh, the Pound House. Uh, we are securing a property and we will be moving it. We won't be too far from the city limits, but we are pushing outside away from all the neighborhoods and uh, we will have plenty of parking and we look forward to announcing the property and having everybody come out next year for the fourth annual Dripping Springs Pumpkin Festival. So am I reading between the lines there and hearing that you're going to announce that on the Sold on Jet podcast? We are, uh, we've been talking about with the media, you know, everybody's uh, wondering where it is. Uh, Basically, all we can say is it's just outside of the city limits. Uh, But we are close, folks. We love the community of Dripping Springs. Uh, We just want to do what's right for the community, uh, our immediate neighbors, and we, we need a little bit of a bigger area. The festival's really grown. We're going to keep it small town community feel, but we need to stretch our legs out a little bit and have a little bit more parking and, and be able to build some more uh, kind of permanent games and, and uh, structures uh, for the events. And I think it's going to be a better experience for everyone involved. Okay. Well, I had to give it a shot to see if we could break the news here, but <laughs> whatever it is, we're sure it's going to be great. And um, I'm excited to see you guys this weekend. And uh, anything we missed, anything else you want to touch on about this amazing festival? Uh, just special thanks to the city of Dripping Springs. We, we really appreciate their support. Well, we know it's going to be great. We'll see you this weekend. And I appreciate you taking your time. I know how busy you've been these past couple of weeks to come out and promote this. And um, we hope to see some great crowds and bring in some 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 funds to the pound house and, and really blow this one out for the last event uh, at, at Founders Park. Thanks, Will. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your support. You're welcome. Thanks, Chris. And um, we'll see everybody out there this weekend and and the five following weekends. So uh, if you have a chance to come out, make sure you go to drippingspringspumpkinfestival.com, pre-order those tickets and get there early. Go tailgate in the parking lot if you have to. So um, thanks again. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sold on Drip podcast. Thank you for listening to the Sold on Drip podcast. Please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. If you would like to connect, learn more about Dripping Springs, or have any questions regarding Central Texas real estate, you can find me at soldondrip.com or on Instagram at Bill Caffaretta. I hope to see you around town.